0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff, and joining us from the black hole, Earl Nieto. Uh, Earl is working on trying to get his video uh, fixed. We're not entirely sure what the issue is with his camera at the moment, but he's working on it. He is here, he can hear me. Um, So we're going to hopefully get Earl here on camera. If not, at the very least, we will still have discussion about New Mexico United and the recent match against Hartford Athletic, as well as the match against San Antonio FC. Yeah, we're going to have to. Do we have to? Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to. Um, But first, Mm -hmm. I want to get your uh, thoughts on SummerSlam. SummerSlam God, I was hoping
1: that's all we talked about today. <laughs> um SummerSlam, SummerSlam. It was very bittersweet for me because one, United lost right before it. Um and two, I wasn't able to watch it live because I was actually in Mountain Air celebrating their birthday. So we had a dance going on out there. So I was actually out there visiting hanging out with my family. Mm-hmm. Um so when I finally got to watch it, I enjoyed it. I mean it was a very quality premium live event, except for one match.
0: Okay, which one was that?
1: And you already know where I'm going with this. Fucking Logan Paul.
0: <laughs> really? That was your that was your bad match of the night.
1: Yeah, that's my bad match of the night. I don't know why they keep letting him win or do whatever the fuck it is. But it's annoying. Like I don't like Logan Paul. Um I don't think I ever will. And that's
0: just where I'm at with it. Well, you know, Logan Paul, one of the guys who is, I don't know exactly where his follower count is across social media and YouTube and all that, but a guy who by himself is probably bringing in millions of views to WWE. I mean, you can't dispute the, the fact that he's been a draw for for the company, for the premium live events. And, you know, it, it's paying off.
1: Yeah, I, I don't dispute that he's, that he's, drawing attention to WWE for sure. It's the fact that I just don't like him and the fact that talented superstars such as um, Ricochet are putting them or putting him over, making him look good when in reality he's not. And that's just where I'm at with it.
0: So uh, did Cody Rhodes live up to expectations Saturday night against uh Brock Lesnar or was this a uh all right he's been punished long enough we have to give him something before the uh the road to WrestleMania continues.
1: It's gonna be the whole hype build up where he wins some loses some and everything in the middle of it all mm-hmm. um I personally like Cody Rhodes I can't say anymore or any much more about it. Um except for the fact that I like Cody Rhodes. He's a talented superstar. Um who needs to beat Roman Reigns. is what he needs to do.
0: Yeah, eventually that match will come, but uh who knows if there may even be a bloodline at that point. Obviously, we had the um uh, the 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 tri- the tribal combat J Uso Against Roman Reigns on Saturday night at SummerSlam, Uh, this match here took a bit of a turn—the return of Jimmy Uso, but not in the manner that many folks thought would happen.
1: I I love that idea. Um, Like I said, I love the idea, but it's going to be. I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. It's going to be interesting, interesting times in WWE, especially now that they threw in Logan or they threw in Jimmy Uso into the mix, trying to or turning on his brother. They threw Solo Sokoa getting bitter with uh, with Roman Reigns. I mean, the whole bloodline saga at this point. Is very very interesting and very newsworthy and very drawing. It's it's compelling to see what's gonna happen next because you just never know. Just when you think that it's getting stale and getting old, they go and throw the mix of well, let me just screw your brother over. Why not? All right, our last question that sounds like match of the night. My match of the night is definitely the main the main event being uh Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Mm-hmm. Um just because the whole backstory to it, the whole saga of it all, three years in the making leads to this. That's my match of the night.
0: All right, folks, there you have it. That's our recap of SummerSlam from Saturday night. A big premium live event over on Peacock. If you have, you can still go watch it. Check it out. Uh, Obviously, some really good matches. And and, uh, obviously, the ones that Earl was not a fan of. Go check them all out. WWE continues their push towards uh, WrestleMania next year. Uh, So keep an eye on that. Moving right along to uh, the conversation that we don't want to have. Mexico United went up to Hartford, Connecticut over the weekend and fell to I it's honestly a surprising result despite our feelings that it was going to be a trap match for for the club went up to Hartford fell 2-1 to Hartford Athletic and I mean realistically you look at this match and Hartford had two goals called back for offside in the first 20 minutes of this match and Honestly, United did not look to have a dog in this fight
1: early on. I mean, you're 100% right. We looked we looked slow. We looked not interested to be there and that's what it was. We just didn't seem to want to be in Hartford for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a weird match. It, it really was, you know, you know, you get beat early on twice, you know, and and you know, I, I had to go back and watch the replays later because I, I was there live on Saturday night watching that match, and it just, yeah, you know, it, it, Hartford looked a lot better in person in this particular match than anything I've seen from them in the weeks leading up to this and it wasn't so much that they played better defensively than we did cuz we had opportunities we had shots we had you know opportunities to go in and face goal and, and put some put some pressure on on the keeper of theirs but we just could not slow them down at the offensive end of things and i just yeah it, it, it looking at that and looking at how once again the substitutions were handled or not handled one second folks earl are we good okay we're good uh, apologies for the, uh, for the for the for uh, the uh, feedback there um earl obviously has his camera working so i mean it, Yeah, you talk about, you look at it, United getting beat by the pace uh, of Hartford, and it calls into question for the second week in a row the the use of subs or lack thereof. You know, again, no substitutions until the 75th minute after we'd already gone down 2-1. to Like, what is going on? This is two weeks thrown out. We haven't seen subs before the last 15, 20 minutes of the match. What is going on?
1: Yeah, I don't know. And it kind of it draws shade to uh Troy Lasse's last year where he didn't use many subs, didn't use a whole bunch of subs going into second halves of games when we could definitely win the matches. Um so yeah, I I had the same question. When I rewatched the match, why the subs weren't used. Um, I I wish I had an answer. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. Like I, I really don't. You look at the stats from Saturday night. We put uh, 19 goals, 19 shots. I'd say 19 shots, seven on frames. So we forced seven saves out of that keeper on Saturday night. But I again, like it's just it, it's one of those things. Where you don't seem to put enough pressure there, particularly at the in the early stage of the second half. And we really let Hartford play their way into this. Like we didn't necessarily do anything to stop them. It's not that they were terribly threatening with their attack. I mean, yeah, I mean six shots four on target. I mean, Alex had a fairly good night other than the two goals. But I mean, you look at how the how the defense played, and it was just poor putting putting ourselves in that position. And, and I just, I, this played up, this lived up to the, to the trap game that we talked about it possibly being.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It was definitely the trap game that we didn't want it to be. We played down to their level, even though we have the talent to go. Um, and we, I mean, granted we were up, uh, that's actually more of a bitter sour note is we were up all the way until the 69th minute. Mm -hmm. And then we let 69th minute go in and then a a 72nd minute going. I mean, we let two goals go in within two minutes, three minutes of each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of mental lapse we had, but even when we were down two to one, we still didn't look hungry to score
0: no and, and yeah again talk about those opportunities there early in the second half i mean you look at uh, you look at the chalkboard over on I mean, we had two shots from the start of the second half until the 79th minute give or take 78th minute 79th minute and and that's not going to do it that's not going to be good enough you know and then i mean we put I don't even know how many shots one, two, three, four, five, six, six, eight shots in the final, you know, 12 plus minutes of this, but yeah, it was just not a good showing at all. A lack of intensity, lack of, uh, lack of aggression. And there's not, you know, obviously there's, I think there's two different meanings there to that and defensively I won't say that we looked lost, but we were, definitely weren't tracking the runs well. We weren't keeping their forwards at, at bay. Um, it was just one of those nights. You know, Hopano uh, uh, had, I think, w- at le- he had one called back, and he scored in the 72nd. And, you know, it's, yeah, it, it was just not not good. You know, uh, And Gila was killing us uh, with his pace. Uh, Torres was killing us. David, how are you doing? David, see Carl over in chat. Hopefully you are doing well. Um got a question for you guys later i did i did think of that i want to ask you guys something later but yeah it was uh i was up there just watching like hartford played a heck of a lot better in person and you know the i don't know i, I just it, it's it's hard to put into words like how that performance was and if you listen to what pete said on team talk earlier this week he basically said that you know have wearing that shield on your chest has got to be more mean more than what it seems to be essentially is what he said and so he said you know expects uh, some potential changes in the coming uh few matches now obviously bees is still a couple weeks away so it's not gonna be that but i just don't know i i you know i I, it really felt to me like we played down to hartford on saturday
1: yeah Yeah, definitely. definitely 100%. Hundred percent I feel the same way. Um and like I said, I don't want to talk about it. Um so can we talk about something else? What would you like to talk about, Earl? Can we talk about how El Paso lost four to 4-0? <laughs> we
0: yeah, we can we can do that. Uh we can talk about how El Paso lost and you know I, I, I sent a text over to uh over to Harry on Saturday evening. And basically said, you know, we broke El Paso. I mean, El Paso is winless since really the match before us. But you know, we we ended their unbeaten run with the, with their loss to us. And yeah, El Paso has been miserable in the week
1: since. Their coach got or Clark Hart, whatever his name is, got sent off.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I saw he got sent off. For uh one said descent and then the other one said foul. Well, I'm going, what foul did he you know did he commit there? So looking but, at
1: USL, they have him uh picking up his first yellow in the third in the third minute of extra time first half.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He picked up his second yellow like 90 in the seconds third minute, Yeah, in the third minute of the first half. Yeah. Of the extra stoppage time in the first half. Yeah, I, I don't I, I was just talking shit. Um, so, no, I mean, at the end of the day, it it sucks because we see the quality team that we have and the caliber team we have. I mean, we beat the best team in the league just mm-hmm. a couple weeks back. handedly beat them. It's not like a stoppage time, late goal going in. No, we were up two to nil going into half mm-hmm. or two nil going into half. Um, And then a couple weeks later, we go and we, we pull this kind of shenanigan where we it totally, and David, I'm sorry if I say this, but we totally embarrassed ourselves against the worst team in the league. I think they've had, well, now they have four wins on the season. They had three wins on the season. Um, I don't know how many wins Miami has. Miami has four wins as well. So yeah, we were playing the worst team in the league, and somehow, shut the bed, and decided to roll around in the mud and play with it.
0: Yeah, all right. I want to look back. I want to see what the uh, five thirty eight prediction for that match was um let's see the
1: 538 prediction is that we rode a pony
0: (laughs) June oh
1: speaking of which okay I'm actually very upset with you because last week when we were on you didn't catch the three secret words I threw out there no no I don't think I did so, as your girlfriend said, I deserve the
0: prize. <laughs> you deserve the prize. <laughs> I don't
1: know. What well, that,
0: that's gonna be up. Uh, that's gonna be up to your daughter. To figure out what what your prize is. So,
1: um, <laughs> I almost cried today <laughs> when I sent her off to school. What are you talking about?
0: Interesting. Okay, so five thirty eight. Okay. Unless I'm missing it, they don't have last week's uh, projections, which is odd, but. Um I'll have to go back and look at that again because that's uh that's really strange that last week's is not up there. But um do you feel
1: like the, the club took this match against Hartford seriously? David's gonna fight me on this one, but I don't think they did. I okay. don't I think that they took it for granted it being Hartford. It's gonna be an easy trip, easy, easy outing, and then Surprise. We definitely got surprised and got handed to, and that's where it's at. I mean, that's exactly how I feel, is we did not take this match serious. We didn't take Hartford seriously enough, and we definitely shut the bed and bit the bullet on it for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, last week's matches are just gone on us on uh, 538. I don't know why. Um, so, I mean, it's San Antonio's favorite to win this weekend anyway. So, Robert in the chat, Robert, how you doing? Um, San Antonio's favorite to win this
1: weekend. I can't yeah. fucking wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, 538 has a 38% chance to win on Saturday here at the lab. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 weird to, it's weird to say that they didn't take it seriously and that's not to say that they didn't prepare they didn't train they weren't you know and in, in trying to in, install a game plan all week long ahead of the trip but I mean it, we talked about it last week you know this is a Hartford team that does not look good on paper they have not played well defensively but this is one that we could be overlooking with San Antonio coming up. You know, obviously the the loss to Orange County was not good. Um, I don't think it was good for morale, uh, even you know, to break that five match unbeaten streak. And I think that carried over into Hartford, which is really, which is really disappointing to say, both as media and as a fan, because I, I mean clearly, I think we're the better team on paper. I think we're the better team on the pitch and it just didn't play out that way. And unfortunately I didn't get a chance to talk to to Pete or, or anyone after the match. I did talk to, to Amando for a few moments. Um, but you know, it's, I don't know. Like I, I just, I, I, I didn't get this sense, uh, a sense of urgency in this match at all. Um, not at least not until the end which we've shown in the past does not bode well for us like if we don't have that urgency if we don't have that that that, that spark throughout the early stages of the match like it's not going to benefit us in the end
1: yeah when we're rapid firing 90 shots a minute to try to get that that equalizing goal that never bodes well for any team i don't care which team you are i mean you could be freaking you be fucking Barcelona for all I care. You, could, you can shoot 90 fucking times in a minute. Unless one of them goes in, it's not going to bode well. And then here you are getting talked about on how you took a billion and a half shots that meant absolutely nothing and just killed your whatever rating you're looking at. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting looking back at the past few weeks how the how how the the substitution strategy has changed a bit. You look, you know, back at Las Vegas, we started subbing in the 59th minute against Detroit. We started subbing the 58th. And then from there against Sacramento, Orange County and Hartford, we didn't start subbing until the 73rd minute or later in any of those three matches. And that's not a lot of time for, you know, now, obviously, you know, Sacramento, we were already 3-0 at that point. So you can maybe kind of sort of write that one off a little bit as just, you know, getting some guys some minutes maybe. But, you know, Orange County, Orange County used all their subs before we even bothered to use one. And then here again, you know, you look at the the subs that were made by by Hartford. They made some very, uh, you know, dangerous subs, bringing on Machangila there just past the hour mark. Uh, and then after you know, Hapono scored, take him out. They took him out, you know. But you know, you go down, go down one goal. Okay, make a sub right then. You know, go ahead and make that sub there. Bite the bullet. You know, make a change, get something going. But then the changes that you make after going down two one, you take off Daniel Bruce, who had arguably been our best player of the night to that point, at least in my opinion. You take off Daniel Bruce for Greg Hurst, the guy who has struggled since coming over. He hasn't really done a whole lot to, to, to prove himself for us. And he's the guy that we were high on coming into the year. You bring in Jacobo Reyes, who hasn't really done anything to, point to this point other than converting a penalty kick. And then you bring on Kyle Colonna in the 88th minute to take off Nicky Hernandez.
1: I, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and a lot of those moves, with the exception of Greg Hurst, um, who I think Hursty came on for Bruce.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Reyes would have came on for Santi. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And Colonna would have came on for Hernandez. A majority of those moves, with the exception of Reyes, are defensive moves. I mean, you can argue that Hurst is an attacking player, but at the end of the day, is he really?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm not talking bad about his play style. I'm not talking bad about him in general, but that's how you have to look at it at the end of the day. Is he, you're down 2-1. Is Hurst the answer you want to go to? I don't think he's. Yeah. Yeah, my question is, is Hurst the answer you're gonna put up top in place of Bruce to try to get that tying goal? My yeah. answer is no.
0: No, I agree with you. I, I again I, I'm questioning the decision. I don't know why you bring Hurst on the situation when you need to force the action, you need to force the ball into the area. You need guys who can make op- who can take shots and make opportunities happen. And you know, you look at the team sheet for the, for Saturday night, though. I mean, Armando Moreno, yeah, you got him out there. You had Isaac Zuleta on the on the bench, Austin Yearwood, you know, Milo Garvanian on the be- on the bench. So I mean, really, you're attacking op- the only attacking options you had available were Zuleta, Hurst, and Reyes. Now, I I would have loved to see him maybe put Zuleta and Reyes out there together, but Hurst, I don't know, but
1: so, this may be an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and good thing I'm not a corporate shill tonight. I don't have my, my United <laughs> patch on, so I can say whatever, whatever the hell I want tonight. Um, unpopular opinion is the Brucey Project was nice. But teams have now figured it out. It's now time to change something up. I don't care what you change. But you have to change your underwear from the Brucey project. When you wore the underwear enough times, holes begin to wear, begin to happen. Um, and that's where we're at. There are now holes in that Brucey project to where teams know how to exploit it. Move Brucey down to attacking mid. That way he's still in the attack. And plug someone else up there. Maybe you plug maybe you plug Hursty up there.
0: That's uh that's an interest that's an interesting idea. Um <laughs> Robert in the chat. Uh Nicky Hernandez is the beast absolutely is Nikki had had another really good night on Saturday night. Um in terms of dealing with Brucey I the, th- the thing about about Brucey is he he is very dynamic in that forward role. He's a guy that can get in behind, he can create some opportunities, he can drift out wide and play the ball in because you know obviously from playing, you know, 4 years under Troy and Zach, you know, playing that wing back role and you know whipping the ball in from the outside he can absolutely do that so i think he has um a lot of good things so putting him as like a cam i don't think is the the right answer but again i don't think you can leave him as a lone striker without someone up there to support him
1: now that's exactly what i mean i mean The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. This is now our second loss in a row Mm -hmm. where we've had Brucey up top. At some point, something has to change. The only change that happened was a forced change because of a crazy idea that Sam Hamilton had where he picked himself up a red.
0: So you you say two losses in a row with Brucey up top. Time for a change, but before that we were five unbeaten with Brucey up top.
1: Okay. Don't so, fix what's not, not broken. <laughs> don't okay. Don't um, fix what's not broken.
0: So I think okay. if it was working, if it was if it was working with Brucey for five matches, we're getting
1: results. We're getting exactly. So unbeaten. if it's working, don't break it. Don't okay. change it. If it's working. But it's obvious. I mean, you you lose to Orange County. Okay, cool. You don't really have to worry about a change or worry about that. But then you lose to Hartford Athletic, the worst team in the league. You now have to sit down and look in the mirror and say, what can we change?
0: Do you think a better option would have been to – Have some different attacking options on the bench. I
1: mean, the attacking options that we have are part time Greg Hurst, Pacobo Reyes, and Zuleta. Mm
0: -hmm. Two guys who are largely unproven for us, and well, I guess you could say three, you know, (laughs) because I get, again, Hurst has not lived up to the expectation that we thought we would see this year um let me ask you this earl with these being the only three attacking options we had on the bench do you think that not having sam hamilton on the field made a difference in this game
1: absolutely not okay I so see- you don't,
0: so you don't think that having sam here uh, saturday night would have made a difference
1: No, because our defense wasn't, which, yeah, this is going to sound asinine and crazy. Um, Our defense wasn't the problem. Yeah, we gave up two goals, but it wasn't mental lapses on the defensive goals that were breakaway goals that turned into one-on-ones. I think the yeah. second goal with uh, – uh who the hell scored the second goal? Who scored the second?
0: Hopano got the second. Macanguila got the first.
1: So, yeah, the first goal was with Macanguila. I think there was one of the United players there. So he had the speed. He had the pace on us, and that's what beat us. It wasn't mental lapses or anything like that on our defensive side. It was he has speed. He's quick. Faster than our defensive guys. Um, we were lucky to have one person back there to try to help out. But even then, I mean, if you have a clear shot on goal, I'm going to take it.
0: Yeah, I mean, nobody stepped up. Nobody stepped up to challenge. I mean, Bruce he got, is kind of running back, trying to get in front of him. But, like, none of the defenders stepped up. You see, like, Amando kind of sitting off to the side, like, raising his hands, like, what's going on? But maybe we got... Six guys on the box, and Machangela's just standing there by himself.
1: Yeah. So it's not a defensive lap. It's a Gila got free and got one on us. That's what it was. And then as soon as they saw that and exploited that, cool. Let's, let's do that again. That was fun. And yeah. Robert... Um, the over under on my light bulb. It's only a 90 watt, but it's LED. So that's what makes it bright.
0: <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a, while the the defense wasn't the issue for most of the night, um, you know, you look at, you look at the goal, you look at the goal by by Gila You know, you throw Sam in there. Obviously, you know Sam's playing more of a, a center back role this year. I think Sam, you know, does you know lead that line a little bit better than than uh, who is our captain. And Kalen does, you know, as, as vocal of a leader as Kalen is. I think Sam does a pretty good job of leading the charge, getting the guys where they need to be. Um, and, and so I think Sam sees that and you know, rightly or wrongly, I think he actually makes that step up, um you know, to, to try to break down that, the Makangila attempt. And then you look at the the second goal by, you know, by Hopano, I mean, ball over the top and he's Hopano just, you know, he's between two defenders and Alex actually gets a hand to that ball. So, you know, it, I think Sam would have made a difference here. That's why I still have, continue to have an issue with with the foul that he that, – well, both fouls that he gave up against Orange County. So, I mean, it'll be nice to have him back against San Antonio. But, I mean, we just – yeah, we just – we lacked drive. We lacked intensity. We lacked um, that, that killer instinct on Saturday. So
1: the 12th minute when we scored, or 13th minute when we scored mm-hmm. – we were fierce. We were sending cross after cross after cross. Yeah, they weren't going in at first. But you're spreading apart the defense to make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After that goal, we shut it down. We said, eh, you know what? We had one goal. That should be enough. We didn't look hungry to go find the second one.
0: Yeah, I, I, and again, that, that's something we talked on earlier. You know, you look at the the number of attempts that were made. You know, after the second goal was called back uh, for for Hartford, then up until about the seventy third, seventy third, seventy fifth minute. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really quite disappointing. You know, you look at that goal there. Yeah, I think we had five shots, six shots after that. All of which yeah. were saved, for the most part. So yeah, it was not enough. And then again, start of the second half, you go, you know, thir- almost 30 minutes with two shots. So yeah, not good enough offensively, not enough spark. They're coming out of the second half, and just yeah, we look just...
1: at the 80s. So starting at the 80, 87th minute, mm-hmm. this is, and it's just going back to what we we're talking about, where we're shooting panic shots. 87th minute, Justin Portillo, right footed shot, blocked. 87th minute, Sergio Rivas, right footed shot, blocked. Um misses to the right, it wasn't blocked. Um 89th minute, Sergio Rivas, right set right footed shot, blocked. Um Jacobo Reyes, 90th minute, free kick. And that's when Andre Lewis picked up his 90th for bad foul. Ninety minute, 90th minute plus two. Cal Colonna header from center blocked. Uh, a bit too high. Sorry. 90th minute plus four, Josh Suggs left footed shot outside but close. Um, 90th plus five, Calcolona header misses to the left.
0: 90th
1: plus five, Calcolona tries a through ball, but Justin Portillo's caught outside. Mm -hmm. So all of these are just panic shot after panic shot after panic shot where we stick ourselves in bad situations and we don't know how to react.
0: Yeah, it was just, yeah, not a good night. I, I really hope that Coach Quill gave them a talking to after the match. I I really hope that, that that flight back on Sunday was 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 quiet. That they were you know breaking down films something already because it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough against Orange County. It wasn't good enough against Hartford, a team that we should have beaten. Really, really, we should have beaten both of these teams these past two weekends. Um, and it does not give me a lot of hope coming into this weekend against San Antonio FC, who are coming to the lab. Obviously, Robert's in the chat. I don't know if Harry's been tuning in or not here this evening, but I, I know Harry's coming up. Robert's coming up. going to try to make some plans with Robert. I know he sent, me, sent us a DM earlier. Robert, I'll get back to you here. Uh, as soon as I figure out what exactly I'm doing tomorrow night. Um, but you know, San Antonio comes in, uh, one of the best teams in the West as they have been all season long. And you know, they've got, uh, they just re-signed Santiago Patino. They, they they've won four out of five. And they're honestly one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, I mean, arguably you could see open roots are right there with them, uh, potentially San Diego as well, but, um, yeah, I, I don't have high hopes for San Antonio the, this weekend. Now, I know we had a pretty good showing against them earlier this season, but you look back at what we've done recently, and again, we weren't terrible in that prior match against them, but I just don't know. With how we've played these last two matches, I know we're going to be at home. I know it's a theme night. I need to see what theme night it is. Friday um, night. Block party night, yeah, okay, um, yeah. I just I look at this and and honestly, even with Sam back again, bees won't be back yet. Still out dealing with it with the fractured kneecap. Um, I I just I look at San Antonio and they were my team to beat coming into the season. I still think they are, and. I, the, the mid-season signings that they've made, I think are going to be tremendous for them uh, until the end of the year. And so I'm really worried about this match on Saturday.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, San Antonio's always been good. Every time we've played them, it's always been an interesting match, except for that one Cinco to mile match. Um but ever since the pandemic and COVID and the bubbles and all the other bullshit that happened in between, they've always been a good team. Um, so yeah, I I mirror your sentiment there, where I too do not like our chances on this one.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, like <laughs> you can look at you can look up and down the San Antonio roster. You know, you look at what they've done this year. You look at you know how they play against people. They're uh, they're six three and two on the road, one of the best road teams in the league. And I just you know Olawasi. I think he I think he just got named Player of the Month for for July. Um, I think he's up for Team of the Week again. He's just been a tremendous signing for them as well. You know, Adeniran's been good in the limited time that he had with them. Justin Dillon, obviously Christian Perano, like uh, up and down this roster, they are they're built to win. They are, like I said, I, I think they're the best team in the league right now. I mean, I, I mean, all season long, obviously they had a, they had a little bit of a rough stretch early on, but you know, it's it's coming down to the final few weeks, uh, months of the season. And San Antonio are really positioning themselves well to make a deep run in the playoffs, if not potentially repeating as USL champions. And they just, they know how to play against the Mexico United.
1: So with that statement of it's coming down to the last few months of the season, at what point do we start pressing that panic button? (sighs) That's the hard thing.
0: Because you know, you look at it, we've got 22, 21 matches played. We still have at least a it's so ugh, it's ridiculous. We still have at least a match in hand on everybody else in the Western Conference. We have three matches in the hand on Colorado at this point. And so, you know, we have 13 matches left to play. We're a point out of the playoffs by Phoenix Rising. Two weeks ago, we were convinced that we were within striking distance of the top of the table. Now, theoretically, we could still get there, but I think if we get, I think if in five matches, five matches, we don't have some sort of clearance between us and the last playoff spot, and by clearance, I'm saying five to six points. I think we're going to be in for a rough end of the season. And there's a very real possibility that we don't make the playoffs at that point. Because those final, you know, those final matches, Memphis 901, Phoenix Rising, loose City, Pittsburgh, Sacramento, Indy 11, like, Birmingham. These are, I think with the exception of, no, they're all, all every single one of them. Our playoff level teams right now. So yeah, I said five five matches. That's what I'm giving us before I start hitting the panic button.
1: I mean, Senate. It's gonna be a good test for Senate against San Antonio because if we want to be the team that we say we are, if we want to be the championship caliber team that we that we've ran ourselves on, then yeah we definitely got to start doing something and making some kind of difference. And obviously, like I've said before, something has to change
0: as of right now what... sorry, as of right now, every single team that we face for the remainder of the season, except Las Vegas, is above the playoff line.
1: And that's the thing we play Las Vegas one more time. But we've loaned them two or three of our players. Like
0: <laughs> they signed Preston. We loaned them uh, Timothy. T- yeah, we loaned Timothy uh, Zali, and then we sent uh, Josh Dolling over there. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, it's yeah. I yeah. So was... by doing that, by by sending Dolling over there. That definitely hurt us because we don't have much attacking difference now.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, Robert, to your point, the East is soft. Don't forget. The, the problem is with the back end of our schedule. We have Pittsburgh, Charleston, Lou City, Memphis, Birmingham, FC Tulsa, and Indy. We have seven of eight playoff teams from the Eastern Conference left on our schedule. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sold on, you know, I'm not sold on our ability to to walk away from those matches. Like if I don't see something here, again, like I said, next five matches, if we don't have some sort of separation from the, from the bottom of the playoff standings in the West, you know, I, I don't know what happens this year. I don't think we make the playoffs. And coming into the year, that was that was a it was a foregone conclusion that we make the playoffs. That based on our predictions, that's what we thought was going to happen. So let's cut to the
1: chase. What's your prediction? Pain. Like I know you've been beating around the bush because you don't want to give it. What's your prediction? Uh. I I don't like this game. I
0: don't like this. I don't like us coming into this matchup with San Antonio with two losses in a row. If we come in with, you know, with, you know, 5 wins out of 7, I think where I'm gonna, I feel better about this. 3-1 San Antonio.
1: I was kind of feeling the same thing. I mean, I don't like our odds against this San Antonio team. The past two or three seasons, we haven't played well against San Antonio. And that's just that's just the truth. We don't play well against San Antonio, regardless of who we have on our team or regardless of who they have on their team. We don't play well. Um, this one's going to hurt. Because I'm driving two hours south to watch this match. Um, 2-0 San Antonio. Okay. I mean, I... I I have my caption right here where it says, always wrong. So, God, I'm hoping that this caption is right.
0: Yeah, I... I I really hope that that we're wrong here as well. I, I would love to be surprised and let's pick up a win at the lab against San Antonio. I think that goes; it would go a long way towards momentum and morale for the rest of the season. But yeah, I I just don't know. I just don't know. And without the San Antonio killer in the lineup, I, I without the San Antonio killer, you know, Chris Weehan, I I just don't know. I mean, obviously, Nikki Hernandez is going to have a big role to play on Saturday. Um, I think we need to see more from potentially Reyes and Zuleta, you know. Um, Harry, glad to see you. i glad you hopped on over in the channel. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, since you guys are here, I'd love to get y'all's predictions for Saturday evening. Earl and I, you know, both predicting losses for New Mexico. 3-1 myself, 2-0 for Earl. Uh, what are you guys' predictions?
1: And yeah, we're waiting did. That. You did say you had a question for me and David. I, know I did.
0: It right. I, I, I was more so for David because I know you don't watch Premier League, but uh, we are on the verge of the beginning of the Premier League season. Who walks away with the title?
1: See, I was going to Say Leeds United for whatever reason. reason. Okay,
0: Um, Leeds isn't the chief. They got relegated. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they they just got relegated. Um, I was gonna say the Spurs, but they just shipped out Harry Harry Styles, whatever his name is. Um, Harry, I don't think it's a done deal yet. He agreed to go, so he's gonna be gone. Did he? Okay. Um, Last I saw, it
0: wasn't a done deal yet,
1: but. I think it's a, almost a foregone conclusion that Man City gets it. Mm-hmm. But that's just my prediction, Man Shitty. All right. See, I watched some Premier League, you asshole. <laughs>
0: uh, Bleacher report Harry Kane increasingly likely to stay at Hotspur, Tottenham despite the club accepting a massive bid from Bayern. I don't know. So not a done deal.
1: But uh, Last thing I saw, let me find it.
0: Harry, I think you're giving us far too much credit. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen our last two games, but. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, so on ESPN FC, the podcast, it says Harry Kane agrees to join Bayern Munich. Uh, it's ESPN FC.
0: So I don't know how much stock I put into ESPN FC. But.
1: I don't know how much stock I put the ESPN anymore.
0: Yeah. Speaking, of, oh Earl. By the way, I wanted to ask you, um, and it's something we don't typically talk about here on the show. But college football has been has had a wild and wacky off season. And apparently, the uh, the Pac ten, Pac twelve, down the yeah. fourteen. <laughs> uh, what happens to the? Uh, and I, there's been a lot of talk about the Mountain West potentially becoming like the you know the Pac sixteen or some giant nonsense. There's talk about. Stanford potentially joining the ACC. Um, I mean, I, does the pack, does the pack whatever survive this in any
1: fashion? No, not a chance. Okay. Um, you lost your biggest team in Oregon mm-hmm. to the Big Ten, who are now the Big 16. Um,
0: yeah. I, I, I don't know if won- I would say biggest team. I would say. Best team at this
1: point. I mean, that's their biggest team too. I mean, they're the team that's most successful. They're the team that that does everything, every, does something every year. Um, I personally, I'm an Oregon fan. Um, no, that's that's why. Okay, no, say, here's so arguably here's USC is the biggest team out of the pack. I'm a huge Oregon fan, not because of Chip Kelly or not because of fucking Marcus Mariota. Or anyone like that. Um, Robert, go to bed. It's past your bedtime. Um, I'm a huge Oregon fan because they're fucking jerseys. Mm. That's it. Um, In real life, though, I'm actually an Ohio State fan. Um, So all these teams joining the Big Ten kind of pisses me off because that's more competition for, for Ohio State. Um, And it's bad enough that we have to play fucking Michigan every year. Um, But, and honestly, I don't think the Pac-12 survives this, and I think they start disbanding it and putting them into different teams, such as Mountain West, Sunbelt. I don't know where USC goes because they are too good of a team to be in either of those divisions. Of the
0: conferences yeah the mountain west pack and apparently you know obviously you know i think all of this started with san diego state trying to get out of the mountain west or the pack 10 pack 12 whatever you blame them, though? no i don't blame them but they went about it completely wrong without invitations from either the pack or the big big east big 12 whatever they were supposed to guide in they were pitched another potentially invited uh conference but yeah it's it's a mess apparently they stepped in and tried to have create another end round, and you know convince like five other schools to leave the mountain west and go back out to the pac-10 like it's a mess like i don't know what happens with this I, i conference realignment is just it's insane it really is and like i get it and because you know the the pack obviously hadn't even secured a, a tv rights deal which apparently they were about to announce the tv
1: rights deal and then everything imploded so i don't know so with that now that we're on uh on college football bullshit who is your pick to win the heisman reggie bush you're fucking stupid. <laughs> I honestly don't know. My, my, if I had to pick. Come on, Mr. USC. That's my pick. Um,
0: I honestly don't know. I, I don't know who would be my favorite this year. Um, I mean, I, you have to think Bo Nix is in the running. Um, yeah, maybe Spencer Rattler, but I think he's more of a long shot than anything else. But I think I think it might come down to you know someone like Caleb Williams or something like that. But
1: yeah, it's Caleb Williams is my pick to win it. He was he was tremendous last season and barring some foregone conclusion, he he's my pick this year.
0: All right. I think that's kind of just about it. We've touched on a whole lot this week. Um, Summer Slam, the Mexico United, college football, Bundesliga. Well, not really. Um, other than say that Earl prefers the Bundesliga to the Premier League. Uh, talked about Premier League a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it's match week. Saturday, San Antonio. I believe the match is at 7 o'clock?
1: Yeah, 7 o'clock.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. 7 o'clock. Saturday night out at the lab summer block party night for New Mexico United. Uh, obviously our, our friends over in the chat, Robert and Harry will be here. Can't wait to see them and uh, see what happens Saturday night out of the lab. If you can't be there, obviously you can tune in on ESPN plus uh, there will be covered on ESPN radio, one, one, seven, the team as well as the team Twitter account uh, throughout the evening uh, for Earl, for myself, for Jacob, who's not with us. Uh, he is still at the police Academy. Thank you all for watching. David, Robert, Harry, appreciate each and every one of you for not in the chat. We do appreciate you as well. Uh, so, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, San Antonio at the Lab. And we'll be back next week, Tuesday night. Back on a regular night, regular time, 9 o'clock. So until next time, Somos Unidos. You've been listening to Somos Moss your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.